Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hi, everybody. Hi, Matt. When this is over, I'm going to cry for about a week. I know the feeling, and I know it well, but Pete, what are we talking about tonight before before we both start to tear up a bit? <laughs> Uh, the mid-season finale, not the misnomer winter finale when winter hasn't even begun yet with an air date of December 9th, 2014. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, episode 210, What They Become, which is brought to us tonight by the good people who make little almond cookies when you're about to reunite with your half alien uh, daughter, nothing like little almond cookies and maybe flowers. <laughs> well done, Pete. Nice to, uh, nice to have them join the, the family of, of uh, companies supporting our, our wee podcast. By the way, Pete, before we dive on in completely, a couple of, uh, a couple of notes here, uh, a positive ratings note from last week's episode 209, uh, it was up to a 1.8 uh, and 5.3 million viewers, uh, both of those being the live numbers. Uh, those are the best numbers since its season premiere, or the season two premiere 10 weeks ago, 11 weeks ago. So, uh, you know, it's surprise, surprise, exciting episodes and, you know, no, no competition. Um, lots of people are watching live because the show does have a fan base, not just, you know, it's just that not everyone watches live. And uh, spoiler, Pete predicts the ratings will be up again next week, despite going uh, up against. Well, they're not up against Sons of Anarchy uh, finale. That's uh, ten o'clock hour. But um, NCIS is yet another repeat this week, and obviously the mid-season finale, bringing the eyes to the telly, as they say across the pond, Matt. Indeed, and speaking of across the pond and agents from there, uh, next week on whatever feed you're listening to this on, uh, we're going to be doing uh, an Agent Carter one-shot podcast and opening up the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast mailbag. So certainly stay tuned for that. And moving on, Pete. All right, we're going to catch you up on what went down. Our teaser begins right where we left off. Hydra Quinjets uh, leaving the bus, getting the order to shoot it down. Should we cloak? We've got Koenigs running around the bus here. and There's talk of ducking down to the cloud cover. Hunter is buckled in with our uh, Koenig twins, or maybe they're more than that. We'll talk about that in our level seven segment. Uh, but the bus dives. May has never done this before. She ejects the uh, escape pods, which we last saw um, Fitzsimmons uh, utilize at the end of season one, then throws on the cloak and the Hydra pilots detect the visual confirmation of four hits. Some fancy flying, Matt. Absolutely. And I appreciate so much that the show took the route of essentially just continuing from the end of last week's scene, you know, kind of was almost a mid scene opening, not in the middle of, you know, some other scene as, as sometimes shows will do, but just the middle of last week's scene, it continues with, you know, it's a classic move. It's a great story decision. Um, and then it's just so incredibly action packed. The mystery of why are they holding off cloaking? Why aren't they doing it now? So on and so forth, you know, they're just too busy to explain it to each other, let alone us, the audience. Um, and uh, those pods sure are getting a lot of use for things other than, uh, you know, kind of safe, uh, safe ejection in an emergency situation. The show has never gone to a two-parter structure, which I dig. And their better episodes have picked up in this way. We go back to um, the episode where... Um, Agent Garrett was uh, piloting um, away from uh, the bus and then they tried to take him out with a drone and that had happened directly after uh, the previous episode. So bravo for continuing that momentum. 
Act one begins with the bus landing and Coulson uh, wants into the tunnels and he wants to do it safely. Um, of course, Mac's fate was unclear and he explains they're going to do everything possible for Mac. And, you know, we can rejoice in that he's okay. We're going to talk about the loss of uh, one agent, Antoine Triplett, um, in detail a little later on. But uh, BJ Britt, we did not get to know you well enough. A fantastic job on this show. You are going to land something if you haven't already and do a great job. And Matt, I want to start a tradition because I'm getting the feeling this isn't going to be the first agent to go down. And uh, Fantastic Geek, I think we're going to have a uh, the the wall of uh, of fallen agents here. Well, I certainly would would welcome that as a tradition. I have to admit, I am genuinely disappointed that Trip is gone. I don't know that I am. I don't know if I am angry at the show for killing off DJ Britt's <laughs> character yet. I'm still genuinely kind of processing that, but I'm certainly saddened that the character is out of the narrative. You know, my my thoughts outside the narrative. I guess I'm still constructing um it's it it stings but um i guess we'll you know we'll have to move forward just as this podcast moves forward matt you know how i roll and i consume everything i can in terms of what's going on and keeping that one from you these last couple days uh not easy yeah i mean it's 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 tough. It definitely is tough. But uh, I guess back to the episode, Pete, uh, an episode that zipped along in pace. I found that, you know, I wasn't over tweeting. I wasn't, you know, zoning out when I was supposed to be taking notes. I was writing down things. I was reflecting. I, you know, I'd stop to type and watch and think and whatnot. And I just found I couldn't keep up with the episode. And I mean that as a compliment. You know, Colson appears to be kind of you know, nonplussed about Sky being taken. And I'm saying, okay, well, that's probably because they don't want to dedicate a lot of story time to that. Then we're just zipping along. We're back to the obelisk. There's even more things going on. It's just an incredibly dense episode, especially in this uh, opening act or two. We had some nice connections to Agent Carter, given that that will be the next show to air. Uh, Dum Dum Dugan was uh, name-checked by uh, Fallen Agent Triplet there. Um, I'm sorry, by, uh, by Koenig, um, and, you know, Fitzsimmons are talking about, uh, Mac and the alien technology and, you know, that there might be something that can turn him around. Um, but that this city would react to a threat and we see that ultimately come through in the, uh, climax there. The analogy drawn was the white blood cells, um, and the theory that Mac had been co-opted, which we see in the climactic scenes as well. Um, Hunter and uh, Morse, again, you know, being the sounding boards for one another. Um, and the little subplot here of uh, her contact, Diego. And uh, later he, of course, uh, you know, helps them out despite having been uh, <clears throat> chased down by some uh, some Hydra people. And by the then, way, Pete, in, in this whole discussion of, you know, uh, at this point in the episode, um, you know, as to Mac's fate, I appreciated that the show first starts with Fitzsimmons basically saying, you know what, he might not be dead, as you mentioned, kind of the white blood cell thing, the uh, different insects that can kind of, you know, uh, zombify uh, each other. I did appreciate, so, though, that despite the fact that at this point you're like, oh, maybe he's not dead, you then cut to Hunter and Mockingbird who essentially are like, ah, oh, Mac, probably dead. So at least they're putting you through the paces in terms of his fate being this you know, loose thread from last week. You have to, and I think it was smart writing, you know, to, to just write it off and, you know, not come to it. it. It's too out of left field, and you have to address it, particularly with the um, events of this episode late in the game. Um, but a, a lot of jumping around, um, you know, May was kind of beating herself up, which we've seen very seldom 
in the course of this um, series, and Coulson kind of pepped her up. Um, we have Ward and Sky uh, arrive with the uh, the Hydra people. Okay, and uh, Sky had uh, you know quite a few good uh, one-liners here. You know, talking about uh, Shield controlling. Um, you know, yourself. And then, you know, Hydra tries to control everybody else. Um, and she talks about having played this game before and that it didn't really go her way. And Ward keeps coming back to the promise. And there of course is the doctor. Okay. And, uh, they have a lot of catching up to do. They certainly do. And speaking of one-liners, there's reference that uh, that Sky makes to uh, to Ward right before she's introduced to Daddy Dearest, uh, where she makes reference to you know the the ability that she now has with the gun, not just a quip, but a moment of foreshadowing for later in the episode. But as you say, Pete, then she's reunited uh, with Pops. It's the reunion we've been waiting for. We have a commercial break. Then... <laughs> yes, nothing says reunion like commercial. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Um, commercial break, then they're face-to-face. And I thought that McLaughlin's performance in this reunion was wonderful. I might be dialing that back a little bit later in the episode, but within this scene, he's creepy and he's saccharine. I kept wondering, is Kyle McLaughlin overacting? I think yes, but in a most perfect way. Yeah, I... it, it hid whether the character was overwhelmed or was he maniacal? Was he playing her? This was all possible with his kind of 100, 110% presentation, Pete. Yes. Um, you know, he's he's commenting on Sky tilting her head just like the mom. Is it nature? Is it nurture? Again, with the foreshadowing towards the end of the episode, what they become, okay? Which, you know, as much as we think... We know, I think we still have to dial that back until the show commits to it. Um, we finally get a name for the doctor. His name is Cal. And that's kind of... Doctor? Dr. Hayes. So now, Pete, we can answer that, as you said. Yes, his name is Cal. So now we can stop with that bit. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, monster, murderer trail of death and you know dad pulls no punches all of this is true explains that sky was uh or the agent we formerly knew as sky who we later come to find out spoken once is daisy okay was born in china uh her mother was chinese dad worked in a clinic and matt you said saccharin i really found this scene to be kind of wistful on his reunion, he says he's sorry he couldn't be there to teach her about the stars, to sing to her, okay? But um, falls really on the side of where this is where she's supposed to be. This is destiny. Um, and, you know, pretty impactful conversation between Cal and Daisy. It absolutely is, and... and- uh, while I stand by him being saccharine and perhaps not excessively so uh, at the start of the scene, there's this wonderful uh, kind of pace that he gives in terms of he kind of wanders from being, from being overpowered to underpowered. Um, and again, at, at all the right times. And I certainly would agree there are times where he is wistful. There's times where he's reflective. It's just kind of this this churning sea of emotions, which certainly fits what we start to see uh, of his character later in the episode. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's really uh, an important scene to be setting up, you know, where things are headed and to be setting up this notion of destiny. Um, And then we cut to a bit more of a pedantic scene, Hunter and Mockingbird uh, spying on go Diego go. Yeah. How did she get the thing with the um, address on it? Did he hand it off? It was it was done off uh, off screen. But as uh, as Hunter and Bobby enjoy a smooch and it's presumably the two Hydra agents and Diego go by, um, it's off screen. But it's the implication is that he kind of, you know, Diego third in line kind of hands it to her Um and then that's the extent of the scene, because then we're back to, to Cal and Daisy. Right. 
And, you know, he is explaining that uh, everybody else doesn't matter. Uh, the mother was special and there was a gift and she comes from a line of people with gifts and you're about to receive it. This is your birthright transformation change. It has to happen. Okay. Um, her mother was explained as a translator, um, that, uh, they came for her. Okay. And, um, that, uh, she tried to fight shield and um that he tracked her to europe all of which we've seen okay he was too late whitehall cut her to pieces again which we saw over a uh, certain amount of time her organs her blood her remains were dumped in the garbage and then the humming started matt uh, that it certainly did. It was, of course, uh, the song that I think most people would recognize as titled Bicycle Built for Two. Uh, the proper title is Daisy Bell, Bicycle Built for Two. And uh, if you had heard any buzz that she might be a Marvel character named Daisy, uh, this was this was nothing but confirmation. Right. So, um, you know, Whitehall wants what he wants and the doctor is um, going to kill the man who ruined his life, okay? Um, we cut back to uh, Coulson's group, and um, Koenig is explaining to Hunter about fried circuits and cooling mechanisms, which we will delve into again, level seven. Uh, but Coulson orders... By the way, I think that might have been Trip he was talking to. Okay, I had... Um, several people in that scene there in my notes. Either way, uh, that's not that's not the important part. The important part is what he's saying. Part. Right. Um, Coulson orders the Koenigs to return to headquarters and to enact Theta Protocol, Matt. Ooh. Whatever that is. <laughs> Pete says knowingly. <laughs> um, meanwhile, at the, uh, the laser drill there, um, you know, Reyna is looking on. She can't wait to break into the city. Uh, Whitehall then uh, joins Reyna, Ward, and Dr. Cal and wants to know how Sky fits in. Well, pretty quickly, of course, Sky will be fitting in by holding the Diviner. I think no surprise to anybody watching the show that she is indeed able to hold it. I think, um, A, that was just a logical conclusion, and B, you know, when she's forced to reach in there, they're not going to not gonna kill her at that moment. Um, so then there she is, and uh, I loved, Pete, that her instinct, being a good S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that she is now, is to turn it into a weapon, a basic weapon. Clunking into the guy's ne <laughs> neck next to her, um, whether he, she knocks him out or turns him into you know stone. Either way, with that, you know it's uh, it's fighting time. Pops is ready to fight back as well, and Ward pulls his gun on Whitehall. Though it's not going to be a long-lived fight. Yeah, he hopes she's as special as her mother, which was delivered uh, pretty deliciously out of uh reed diamond and and listen if we're going to lament the loss of trip who we knew longer uh in bj Britt, we've got to uh you know throw some praise to uh reed diamond who did a fantastic job in this first block this first these first 10 episodes as uh daniel whitehall absolutely i'm i'm I, I'm sad to see him go. Not kind of as sad, of course, to see uh, to see BJ Britt leave. But Reed Diamond has brought just a wonderful energy to it. I, I don't know if we can hope to see him on uh, on Agent Carter. I would suspect not, um, just because we've already seen him with Agent Carter on Agents of Shield. But either way, just um, you know what an addition and proof that you can bring characters in for these long, long arcs and get a lot out of them. Definitely. Our third act uh, picks right up from the previous act where Whitehall um, confesses he had not recognized the doctor initially. And he wants to know why Ward was interested in this. And Raina, of course, has her theory. It is love. 
Um, however, the doctor is quickly knocked out. And the one thing that took me out of this episode a little bit was how um, the doctor was uh, immobilized in a couple spots. Yeah, I kept waiting for the moment where we will see him doing his worst. And I was like, is he going to turn red? You know, we had the theory all the way back in March, you know, did sky start to flash red when she was injected with the uh, GH238, was it? 325. 325. It's just numbers. Hashtag, it's just numbers. Um, but, you know, or are we going to see him morph or shoot energy out of his eyeballs? And it was just like... He's just a guy who's 55 and really mad. And it kind of <laughs> like I was expecting more. And then not only was I expecting more because about the climax of his anger, but he's as you as you're saying, Pete, he's gonna so easily um <laughs> knock out of commission, you know, gun butt to the head, shocky thing to the neck. Granted, he'll pull the shocky thing out in short order, which was impressive, but was that the um, the Iron Man device? He had those funny uh, veins going on. It's been used before on the show. Um, I I can't swear that it is the Iron Man device per se. Uh, perhaps it's a it's a technological cousin of it. Um, but I think it's just a, a toy Whitehall has picked up along the way. And if it's if it's kind of a nod to Iron Man without it being you know like, oh man, I. I got this from Stark Industries. You know, if it was just kind of something in the background, uh, I'm okay with that. Right. Um, so, meanwhile, um, Agent Word is told by Whitehall he could be made to comply, which I thought was a great, you know, if you're going to kill Whitehall off here, at least get in the chance to uh, to get that one out again, Absolutely. which was a... Uh, a nice creepy beginning to this season. Colson, meanwhile, reveals there are two goals. Get to the drill, get to Sky, and they are donning hazmat suits with Trip in order to go into the tunnels because of the effect the city will have on them. Uh, Whitehall then uses that device on the doctor. And the discussion there about the mom with the special gift and um, that she didn't age uh, Sky's mother um, and wanting to know what Sky's special gift will be, which I think the jury is still a little bit out on. Um, but he, of course, Whitehall, with another of his famous catchphrases, um, explains that discovery requires experimentation. Um, Colson and May enter the compound the doctor, just as quickly as he's knocked out and then incapacitated as Ward distracts a guard, overcomes the guard, and suddenly he's off and he doesn't want Sky to see what he's going to do to Whitehall, which has just been so tantalizing. <laughs> How many times have we had the doctor say, I'm going to completely eviscerate somebody but i don't want you to see it because those special effects are really expensive and we're <laughs> going to use them in the second half of the season <laughs> well stated pete all across the board um the, the little game that ward plays with the guard um which is kind of creepy on its own you know hey if you if you if you let us go maybe they'll only take an ear maybe pop an eye um it, it, that just works on its own, but then the fact that he's just talking to this guy, so uh, so Papa Cal can come up and uh, and uh, do some damage was was a nice uh, story there. And as you note, we're again teasing this thing that doesn't happen somehow. I mean, I, maybe maybe Pete, when we return from the break, it's going to be like the big reveal of Cal, and he's going to be some sort of like fire beast. Um, but if like the I said, Instagrams before, hold up, Matt. <laughs> Um, but Fitz and, uh, Simmons down in the tunnels there and Fitz is getting ready to leave Simmons and trip. Um, meanwhile, the doctor catches up with Whitehall and we're ready for this big confrontation, Matt. He's going to Hulk out and bang, bang, bang. At first I was like, oh boy, he somehow projected energy. No, Colson just shot Whitehall from behind. What did you do? 
And then it's like, oh, man, now he's going to get really angry at Colson after the act break. Boom, cut to commercial. But not before, Matt. You're welcome. And then we had, at least on the East Coast, a Guardians of the Galaxy commercial. So perfect Marvel cinematic synergy, okay? On the day that the DVDs and Blu-rays for the biggest movie of the year, Guardians of the Galaxy, they drop the You're Welcome in in dialogue twice in this episode, including the third act break. Yeah, I, I think it was said again like shortly after the, the, the third act break. It was so, said I mean, before. It was said earlier. Said earlier. Okay. I mean, yeah, yeah but, but but to hit it twice and then head to the commercial, that's that's just working on a whole other level. It is. Act four, again, right from where we left off, the doctor explains you can't stop this. Agent 33 comes over, and she was a little more upset about Dr. Whitehall's demise than I really had anticipated. Um, It it, it does make sense, though. I mean, in that she's been brainwashed, and her whole kind of worldview is the illusion that she is happily complying. You know, she's kind of the illusion that, hey, I've been recruited, so I'm opting into this, not, you know, my brain has been rewired with him now gone. I thought that it was a really, it was a really nice acting moment for Ming-Na Wen acting through the makeup to really show that Agent 33 just had nothing ahead of her. Like, it literally was like, help me, I'm a thinking person, I don't know how to make my way through the world. Um, That kind of realization that part of her brain, either literally or, or, or metaphorically, has been taken out. Um, you know, all of that just wrapped up in a, in a little moment there. Pete, that's why they're called actors. I'm so into Agent 33 as the character, I'm not even seeing May. Um, it might be the makeup, but it's not even resonating to me. I'm just thinking of the character and, and the motivations when I see that. So there you go. That's, that's the acting job being done by the, uh, the wonderful Ming-Na Wen. Um, but uh, Lance Hunter, uh, Nick Blood, had the line of the episode shortly after. Okay. Pinned down in a shootout. Join S.H.I.E.L.D., get to see the world, meet all sorts of people, bang, bang, and kill them. Just a wonderful, wonderful moment. I... I was worried when they were adding people to the show, is this going to change the dynamic in a negative way? Are we going to have characters pushed to the back, characters that we love, so on and so forth? Nick Blood has added something that is uniquely him, whether it's his performance, whether it's his personality. It's something we've discussed before. I suspect that despite the fact he's a very capable actor, I suspect that there's a lot of of uh, Hunter in Blood and Blood and Hunter and all that. Um it's just wonderful how he can do tough and humor and world weary and, you know, the Italian salute to you all in all in the way he delivers dialogue. It's just just wonderful. Um, the doctor then goes off on Colson. We've had this uh, fatherly tension before and he reiterates, I'm her father, not you. Uh, Ward, meanwhile, cuts Sky out. And he turns his back, which she then reminds him after she plugs him four times, you never turn your back on the enemy. You taught me that. So they are even. That they are. And of course, Pete, four slugs in the side of someone, TV code for you're going to bleed to death. Although more on that in a moment. Yes. Um, so the doctor continues to pummel Colson. Sky comes in, calls him dad for the first time. And uh, Cal continues with the idea that Colson has stolen something from Sky. Um, first, the daughter, now the opportunity to avenge the death of his wife uh, with Whitehall. Um, and he says, Why can't you see? It's a good thing. This change is a good thing. Okay. Um, and she says, uh, or he says, I'll go, but I'll be waiting for you after your change. Change is terrifying, but I will always love you, Daisy. 41 minutes into our hour, Matt, we got the name. 
Indeed we did. And uh, certainly the buzz, the rumor had been out there for a while, even for those of us part of Matt's army, the spoiler-free, pure folks such as myself, and all of you all, everybody out there. Um, that, As I said, that was just kind of out there. Um, and I think, Pete, as you suggested earlier, there is, of course, the uh, you know the Marvel character that many people are are feeling that that's in reference to. Um, your suggestion earlier, which I think is worth repeating now, is that until it is officially confirmed that she is Daisy Johnson, you know, let's not one hundred percent commit to that. But certainly, that is the absolute reasonable conclusion to reach at this point. That uh, Shield uh, agent, alias Quake. Um, who has kind of you know seismic abilities? It doesn't see indeed all all seem to line up. Indeed, in the comics, her father is Calvin Zabo, um, also known as Mister Hyde. So it all does seem to be coming together in that regard. But let's wait until the show canonically confirms it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and there's there's baggage that comes with that character that would have to be squared with this cinematic universe that I'm not so sure they're prepared to commit to. And that's all I'm going to say there. Um, Sky heads off and Agent 33 uh, heads over to Ward. Um, with Whitehall dead, she says that she doesn't know what to do. He says, help me up and we will figure it out together. So Ward gets his Darth Vader moment where his TIE fighter heads away until the Empire strikes back. Um, Sky heads to the drill hole. Well, wait, and, Pete, Pete, it is yeah. worth mentioning, of course, that because he had that piece of body armor in there that had two slugs, now he can revise the prediction and say two slugs in the side, TV code for wow, you're going to be out of commission for maybe as much as one week and then kind of soar for another week, but you're going to be okay. Yes. Um, Raina has head into the, uh, the tunnels um, and Mac appears. Take me there, she says. He turns around and Raina follows. And this, of course, um, at this kind of what might almost um, almost be a comical moment or actually pardon me i think that's after the act break but act break then it's like colson's going down fitzsimmons and tripper coming up and it's like oh no a comedy of errors but of course you know a, a stiff price is going to be paid by one right. of those people well sky in our fifth act his head in after reina colson orders uh may to get everybody back to the bus before the bombs go off trip is down into the tunnel um and the end of the line. Reina has reached the obelisk, formerly known as the Diviner. There is a pedestal in this uh, chamber. Um, Trip is running around trying to get to the three bombs, given that everybody's headed into the tunnels. Um, and May clears Morse and Hunter to head out. Sky finds Mac. And he must sense her uh, gift in her as well. Um, she finds Raina. And um, Raina explains that this gives life new life. Um, the diviner glows. It then floats. And uh, that they're unable to stop it. The third bomb is deactivated. And uh, Raina admits she's just the tiniest bit nervous as the chamber begins to close. By the way, Pete, worth mentioning that this is now uh, as Trip pulls that last uh, that last uh, charge. Uh, it is, of course, his second brush with uh, death. Uh, you know, having been shot an episode or two ago. So, you know, usually things come in threes. And uh, if you're playing along at home, hey shot could it should have died pulling you know timers out of charges should have died and now he's headed into a bad situation because of course he slips right into that round room and it's like uh which of these does not belong right trip is trapped the diviner opens and there are crystals not completely uh, different than, say, the uh, crystals that created Superman's um, 
Fortress of Solitude <laughs> kind of <laughs> took me out of that a little bit. Um, I totally agree. I was thinking too of uh, that that most wonderful fantasy movie, The Dark Crystal. I was wondering, you know, will we will we see the Skeksis? Uh, will Agra <laughs> appear? Um, will we be looking for the shard, the single shard? Um, uh, Garthim, all possibilities in the yes. forthcoming fan fiction, The Dark Crystal Meets Agents of Shield, written by someone. Yeah. Um, and just as they're pondering what's supposed to happen, Raina explains something beautiful. Um, a kind of uh, gaseous effect goes off there, and suddenly Raina and Sky are encased. Tripped is knocked off his feet, um, screaming no, and has taken some shrapnel. He then suffers the same fate. Raina seems to shake off the. Um, oh, wait, uh, it, Pete, I'm sorry to interrupt. Question. Yeah. Um, my notes say that he breaks the crystal with a kick, a quick kick. Um, did I see that incorrectly? Um, because I he, here was my take on the scene. He doesn't know what's happening to these two ladies, but nothing is happening to him. In order to protect Sky, he kicks the crystal. Um, which then explodes, and that was the cause of his uh, of his you know being impaled by some of the pieces. That's the take I had. I'm not swearing that it is 100. I correct. didn't see that. I saw it go off. I did not see him kick it. Um, but again, I'm I'm taking notes and I'm tweeting, and you know, my apologies if I missed that. Um, Ditto, but- listeners. And either way, the 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 the, the, the Result is the same. He's got a piece in him, and that's not yeah. good. Okay. Raina shakes it off, and then I saw spikes emanating from her torso. Uh, Sky breaks her, um, you know, uh, whatever we want to call it, whatever casing shell encasement in, in uh, off. Um, she can see trip through what she's broken off and then if the quake uh identity is to be believed um she makes everything shake okay colson and mac fitzsimmons morrison hunter may okay are all seen reacting and trip shakes apart which would kind of i mean yes he had been you know, covered up by the same effect, but would kind of put his fate on Sky, on Daisy, so they would immediately be establishing some kind of guilt to this character's power. I think, too, that was also TV code for there's no coming back from that. And that's when it was like, oh, the penny just dropped. This is why this guy was not added to the main cast. This is why he's been you know, recurring guest cast. Oh, got it. It's because they've had his exit in mind for these 10 episodes. So of course they're not going to contract him for a full season. And it was just like, Oh, the realities of the TV biz and the realities of how they've been crediting him and the realities of the character now, you, you know, literally falling apart. This is it. This is it. Well, what a great springboard for uh, BJ Britt, and you will be missed. Great levity to this show. I loved the connection to the grandfather who was one of the Howling Commandos, was mentioned again, um, at least that uh, group was mentioned again in this episode, and we're going to be seeing that time frame, so... uh, Perhaps the connection with his grandfather, who was one of the Howling Commandos, can be the, you know, the genetic bridge to Agent Carter there. Pete, you know what I did appreciate? If you're going to be killing off a supporting character in this episode, I appreciate that they didn't kill off Mac, even though I guess it meant if you're going to kill someone off, uh, they killed Trip. And here's why. My concern was that they were going to kill off Mac, so there was this sense of, oh, we've paid a price, and now we're all sad, and we have things to act about uh, in, in the next episode. My concern was also, in that Mac has been a, a um, 
kind of uh, way for Fitz to focus himself. I was concerned that it was going to be like, hey, Mac comes along as an interesting, dynamic minority character, helps Fitz become a better guy, and then once Fitz is better, we don't need that character anymore. I appreciate that the show did not do that. Uh, th- again, despite the fact that it means the loss of another character and an actor that I enjoy, so on and so forth. But I, I just like that they kind of didn't do that stereotype of, oh, thank you for helping a main character, you, you know, and thank you for kind of, you know, diversifying the show. Goodbye, now you're gone. So thumbs up there for keeping Mac even at the uh, at the cost of another character. Our tag scene uh, features a character who is listed in the credits solely as man. Put a book down. Uh, he has his own glowing diviner and he answers a call. Are you seeing this? So there are clearly other diviners out there that function as intergalactic telephones or ET tummies. Uh, pick <laughs> your metaphor. Um, they both apply. Um He says, uh, there's someone new. Tell the others I'm on it. He has, Matt, no eyes. See you in March. Indeed. Here are my notes. Secret scene, colon, another obelisk glowing, question mark, and in all caps, dude has no eyes. Uh, Quite the note upon which to end uh, this, uh, this first section of episodes it's kind of like one of these things of I have no idea what they're going to do with that. I'm sure people who are more versed in Marvel comics have already said, oh, man, clearly that's no eyes guy. And he in Marvel 616, he's a bank robber and a magician. Um, we can certainly analyze and theorize that stuff down the line. But uh, in the interim, dude has no eyes and I can't wait to see more. I just uh, can't because that's, you know. You know gonna be a pause for the holidays and agent carter and then we will return so quite a bit of fun uh to end with pete ordinarily matt the dossier is a detailed look at our bad guys but given that we're essentially in this block of episodes introducing nobody (laughs) Um, it's, it's been quite repetitive. We have the ward situation. We get to the doctor, we say goodbye to Whitehall, uh, and agent 33, who we get the sense might take on a larger presence now that she's headed off with ward. Um, Matt, I've been on ward this entire time. The change is going to come. So we don't know where he's headed, but we know that he's got a static veil clone of his second favorite shield agent with him, uh, albeit with a really bad scar over her eye. And he's going to put the pieces back together, Matt. I'm sure he is. And you know what? Clearly, he, it is, as we have said or anticipated in the past, you know, it's Ward Ascendant. Clearly, he's showing a goodness here, particularly in contrast to just the abject evil that, uh, that uh, Whitehall and, uh, and Hydra brought with them. To focus on Agent 33 for a second, I had made the joke either last week or two weeks ago or both, you know, oh, that poor actress who played Agent 33's, you know, real face to begin with. Ha ha, now you're out of a job. I'm wondering if, you know, do we see in, in short order when the uh, the spring spate of episodes start, uh, you know, Ward somehow getting that static veil off of her and boom, it's the return of that actress. Uh, I, I certainly wouldn't rule that out at this point. It's a fun bit of story to have Ming-Na Wen running around with, uh, you know, kind of gruesome makeup and a different hairstyle and different acting. But, you know, if the story calls for it or if Ming-Na is just like, Hey, this is great and all, but it's, you know, hey, it's a bit of a hassle to be coming in. Why don't we just bring back the actress? You know, that could suit the story purposes just the same because at the end of the day, it's Agent Carter. Uh, pardon me, it's Agent 33. We don't particularly need her to be looking one way or the other. So maybe more Agent 33 in the future. I don't know. Certainly a possibility. 
Matt, the best bad guys don't think they're bad. Darth Vader thinks he has a job to do in bringing order to the galaxy. Okay. Dr. Cal, he thinks he's doing the right thing. He even asks himself, am I a bad guy? Um, rhetorically. So, you know, with all of the buildup and this idea here that he's going to rip people to pieces, we still haven't seen that happen. So we don't fully know what his nature is. Um, he's very clearly concerned and cares about his daughter, Daisy. He is the means of exposition for her backstory. And uh, the jury is really kind of still out on what his ultimate motivations are going to be now that Whitehall is dead. Is it going to be, you know, destroying Coulson? Um, he says that after the change has taken place with Daisy, that he'll be there because it's terrifying. So is that we're going to get a second reunion now that she knows what she can become and, you know, he's going to uh, to usher her through that difficult time in her life. You know, Dad, I'm creating earthquakes. You know, is it always going to be like this, et cetera, et cetera? You know, her 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 change. <laughs> well, she's becoming a young mutant now. Um, oh, Matt, forget. Matt, you got to oh. leap that out, man. Oh, jeez. Don't. don't. Don't don't sue me, 20th Century Fox. She she's becoming a a young special mystery person. Miracles, man. Miracle person. The ages of of miracles. There's nothing more terrifying. Um, let's not forget though that he did say you know he would be there to receive her when all others shunned her uh, after the transformation had taken place. And you kill Trip. <laughs> and, he left and that, that too. Out. Oh man, it's like Sky is the new ward in that she can't be trusted, or at least that's how she's gonna feel. So she'll be returned to the metaphorical bosom of her father. Um She's super ward. Super ward, yes. Her female he, ward. <laughs> I would bet that particularly with this likely uh, assurance that Kyle McLaughlin's cow will return in the future, I think it is clear that whatever his power is, he is hiding something and that we will see that wow <laughs> enter the formula of the story before too long lastly with the way that he goes out and clearly his arc had finished but uh whitehall was a fantastic villain in this early run of episodes um was really kind of hoping he would survive the episode and we would get that um, connection to the other Hydra folks and uh, what they're working on heading into Age of Ultron. Um, but alas, Matt, it was not to be Reed Diamond. Thanks for, you know, really breathing life into this character. Absolutely. And I mean, I, if we are headed to a point that somehow coincides with Age of Ultron, which I think is everyone's expectation at this point, um, just because he's out of the picture, if you kind of are doing after effects for the next two, three, four episodes, and then you're starting to lead into Age of Ultron stuff, you know, all the more reason to give some breathing room where it's, you know, funeral for a friend and that sort of thing without Whitehall constantly there to, uh, to, to put pressure on them. Pete, I would add one more person to the dossier, and I'm going to mention that, but but by way of uh, by way of explanation uh, to get into it, I think it would be best if instead we talked about this possible nefarious person in level seven. Pete, what do we do in level seven? We analyze and theorize, and I will block you right there. The thumb drive, Matt. Absolutely. Particularly that the thumb drive that Mockingbird takes and Lance Hunter, who has been set up, at, you know, story-wise as being, you know, having the soft spot for her, as running back to her, as turning a blind eye to the things that hurt him time and time again, and the fact that the thumb drive is this unresolved story issue. 
the possibility that Mockingbird is a triple agent has increased, particularly now that we're down one trip. Let's add a triple agent. It, it, look, uh, Adrian Palicki is a wonderful addition to the show for a variety of reasons, including her great acting. Um, she, it's been an interesting dynamic in terms of action that she brings. Strong female character, absolutely fantastic. Someone for um, someone for Hunter to play off against. Um, wonderful as well. Side note, I think in the smoochy smoochy scene in Puerto Rico, he must have been standing on a pile of uh, encyclopedias to be able to <laughs> look to her eye to eye. Um, but nonetheless, it's officially time to separate the wonderful actress and her great performance and what she brings in a positive way. Let's get ready, everyone, to have our hearts broken when Mockingbird, the character who is a Marvel character, and they're obviously not going to do anything with her, She's going to break our hearts and become a baddie. Put it in the books. It's going to happen in 2015. Well, listen, that Bakshi is still out there, and we never saw the conflict in the hallway of her first episode when she was helping Simmons escape um, resolved. Uh, I'm willing to bet she's going to comply at some point in the second half of the season. And Bakshi tries to pick up the pieces for Hydra West. It's you can look, listeners, the pieces are all there. Yes, presumably there's Bakshi in a box in the basement. Um, that said, you're you're, you know, one scene away for him escaping. Gee whiz, I wonder how who could possibly help him escape Right? Do you see the pieces starting to, to come together, everyone? This is not spoiler stuff, because I am pure in that regard. This is just a a likely place where the story is headed where she's gonna help, you know, help him escape, and then we're off to the races with, as you said, Pete, Hydra West kind of now being um uh, reformed under Bakshi's uh, Spectre. Cells within cells, Matt. Speaking of cells. Uh, the Koenigs, um, do they use biological cells or energy cells? Um, look, we're obviously meant to debate that, and, and, and that's a fun debate to have. We're going to have a robot guy in Avengers Age of Ultron. Do I think there's going to be this review? You know, I where... don't. I don't think it's fair for you to, you know, demean our actors by calling them robots. No, Pete. I, I, I mean, an actual, you know, robotic person. I don't want to say. Whoa, too whoa, much. whoa, 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 whoa! Are you trying to spoil people? Because I think your vision here, Matt, <laughs> might be flawed. <laughs> well, Pete, all I can say is um, that that. Well, I certainly don't want to spoil uh, anyone. I think you may have already done it, but the damage is done, man. Listen, I know how to wield these things effectively, okay? In others' hands, in their untrained hands, Matt, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this this is why I think our listeners are realizing you don't go to the spoilers. You don't know how to use them. You don't know how to weaponize them like (laughs) I do. Well, Pete, I hope I haven't at, uh, upset anyone, uh, wherever, whatever your background, dear listeners, because I know that even an android can cry. <laughs> but uh, if you're asking me which side am I on, I think it's too obvious for the show to be dangling that they're robot men, for them to be robot men. That's going to be my take. Um could I be completely wrong? Sure. <laughs> the evidence of, of my being wrong is in the dialogue where they're describing themselves as robots. But I'm yeah. going to say I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go against that that flow, not not with it. Sometimes a servo is just a servo. But what about Raina, Matt? What's with the spikes? What has she become in this first skein of episodes that is early as the second episode this season that became the hashtag what will they become well pete 
there are many considerations that that a program like this must must take into uh, into its creation. Um, and in the back of everyone's mind must be the larger corporate picture, uh, you know, DVD sales, comic book connection, merchandising. And indeed, as was said in Spaceballs, merchandising, merchandising, merchandising. Here is my prediction, Pete. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Not a spoiler, just, just going out on a limb here. Uh, I think that what we're going to see Reina turn into is going to be some kind of corporate cross-German Germanization, if you will. Uh, I believe the Japanese call it Sonakuza Hedgeko. I think that she will become none other than Sonic the Hedgehog. Your thoughts, Pete? <laughs> no, she will not become Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, although uh, part of me is tantalized that that could happen. Um, wow. I can tell you that the actress Ruth Nega there was um, given one of the leading roles in the World of Warcraft movie that is gearing up. So I don't know how available she's going to be for um, the spring episodes. I mean, we say spring when winter hasn't formally started yet and we're, you know, misnaming this the winter finale, which... Again, man, why? <laughs> they call it the winter finale. Yeah, they, they did, you know. Uh, the, the intelligent community, though, Matt, knows differently. <laughs> uh, concerning her casting in uh, what's being called simply Warcraft, um, I mean, I think it's all a matter of schedule. Uh, you know, do you work it out? Um, do you work it out in such a way where... Um, it can just be done. I mean, I'm looking at their the entry here for the Wikipedia, uh, the Wikipedia entry for the film. I mean, it looks like about 15 people in the cast. So, you know, is this going to be some sort of 120 day shoot that she's required to be a part of? Is this going to be something where, you know, maybe it's a month, which, you know, I mean, a month in TV shooting terms is three episodes, maybe four. So do you just work around that? Um, you're probably positing Pete that if you need to get rid of Ruth Nega but need to keep the character around, you just go, oh, you've transmogrified like some sort of British science fiction show and now you look completely different because now you have spikes and there's a different actress who's wearing the prosthetics. Is that possible? Oh, I think it's definitely possible. But, you know, Sonic the Hedgehog, I think, would be available and probably the voice actor as well. By the way, Pete, showing that indeed it is all connected, uh, Ruth Nega, who will be playing Lady Taria in Warcraft, uh, will be on the same side, I guess, uh, as King Lane Rin, played by Dominic Cooper. So I guess it cuts <laughs> it cuts both ways if there's going to be Agent Carter Season 2 or a need for Ruth Nega in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 2. Uh, let's hope Warcraft doesn't take forever to film. Yeah. Pete, update, according to the uh, always trustworthy Wikipedia, filming began on January 13th, 2014 and wrapped uh, May 23rd of 2014. So they're already done. Then they're just announcing the cast within the last month. That doesn't seem to follow. Well, I guess now, Pete, we can announce our special Warcraft of the Film podcast, which will happen never. But if it does, <laughs> it would be sometime in 2016. Um, all I can do is just assume that Wikipedia is correct about everything. Or not. Um, we'll say if anybody is listening and really particularly cares, feel free to be in touch. I... No, I don't have a ton of interest in the Warcraft movie. But Pete, what I do have interest in is asking you this question. Did you feel that the show maybe, just maybe, slow-pedaled the city? Like, I was expecting, like, oh, man, she's going to go, like, into the glowy room, the end of the line room. She's going to walk in there, and it's going to be, like, cut to wide shot of this just never-ending cavern and glowy buildings. Instead, it's, like, brown styrofoam circle with... A Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan 
platform for her to put the thing and there to be stuff that happens with radiation. Um, yeah, I, if by, um, you know, city we meant, um, you know, poorly lit tunnels, then yeah, there we go. But this was definitely not the city that we were led to believe in. And look, I get it. You know, it's it's underground. It's, uh, you know, buried in age. But I, I just can't help but feeling a little let down on that promise of, oh, this this city and we found it and okay. And it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of everything else and, and losing, you know, an agent that had been with us since, you know, the spring run of episodes last year and, you know, getting one step closer to, you know, what Sky Daisy is. And, um, yeah, I just, I just feel it's the slightest bit, um, you know, underwhelming. I think it's one of three options. One is if there is this, you know, great inhumans connection, which, you know, is a fun idea, but let's not forget the inhumans movie doesn't come out until 2018. Or is it 2018? 2018, oh. yeah, November 2nd, 2018. Yeah. So like we're so far away from that to to establish it now. Yeah. Uh it's it you can't expect people to to be able to carry that over and yeah, it's it's too far away. So, uh, you know, another option is you have to another option is that we're going to return to this so you have to call the city because we're going to get we're going to get that reveal later on it's just now is not a good time yeah you know, i mean let's not forget sky is still down there reina is still down there so maybe that's the big action-packed cg effect opening to to the spring bunch of episodes third option is they just called it a city and then ran out of time or money or pacing or all of the above uh, or just simply ran out of story for this episode, you know, for what you could fit into this episode. And in retrospect, maybe you should have called it, you know, the caverns, the the, the catacombs, the alien passageways. You know, like there's a ton of other words. Usually I assume it's just not bad writing. Now, sometimes you just find out you can't do what you wanted to do. So it ends up being a rough spot. And if that's the case, you know, too bad. But that's that's that, that's the way it is. I guess we'll find out, Pete, all in due course. We will. Pete, as mentioned before, we're going to be hitting the mailbag hard next week to read all your emails, uh, to hear your thoughts about uh, the, the past bunch of episodes, theories moving forward, Agent Carter anticipation, uh, whatever it might be that tickles your, uh, your MCU fancy. Uh, so we have that to look forward to, and we'll... As I said, we'll hit that hard next week along with some uh, Agent Carter musings. But Pete, in the interim, what could people do? They can head over to iTunes and uh, give us a review. Let us know what you think. We thrive off your feedback, and that really motivates us. We're going to be, you know, the show's off next week, but the podcast is not. And we're going to be giving you that Agent Carter episode and – you know, we're really driven by um, how you feel we're doing and we're always looking to get better. So please help us out a little bit. And, uh, you know, uh, we promise you uh, we'll be grateful for it. Absolutely. And Pete, one way that people can can feel your gratefulness is by reaching out to you on Twitter. How can they do so? Well, Matt, we hit a milestone tonight. Um, 4,700 even followers can't be wrong. 47, of course, being my favorite number. Um, You can follow me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. Thanks for uh, being part of this big trip. (laughs) Ironic words. Uh, I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, but you can get in touch with the podcast. We are Fantastic Geek. That's fantastic with a PH. 
And you can find us on the Twitter, the Gmail, and the .com. With that, Pete, this first 10 episodes have been absolutely fantastic. Just a wonderful, serial, continuing storyline. Can't wait for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to return in uh, in March. And, of course, uh, Agent Carter to start in, what, about four weeks? Uh, it'll be here before we know it. But, of course, Pete, we need to wrap up today. And you get your final word. R.I.P. Agent Antoine Triplett.